Well, good morning, Spirit of Prophecy Church. Good morning, everybody. Welcome. Good morning. Welcome. Come on in. It's a blessing to have everybody here today, and we are here to do the will of God. Today is a day that the Lord has made, so we are going to rejoice and be glad in it. So this morning, we have a privilege here. Uh, I have my brother Brandon up here. We'll be talking on serve, serving, right? <laughs> Will the real men of God please stand is the title. So, Praise God. Servanthood, uh, righteousness, those sorts of things, what we're going to talk about this morning. All right, so I'm ready. Are you guys ready? All right. Hallelujah. So let's pray real quick, and then we'll get the service going. Heavenly Father, we know that we need this word, and we just thank you for acting in our lives. We thank you for getting us here today. We ask in the name of Jesus that you would open up the ears for all of us to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying, and have your way in this place. We worship you. We love you. Have your way. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, I'd also like to pray, and then we'll get the teaching going. Most gracious Heavenly Father, we do boldly come before your throne room of grace and mercy, full of praise and adoration for who you are. May this morning be exactly what you want. Holy Spirit, come forth with the revelation that we need, the understanding that we need, the foundation that we need, so that as we move forward through the rest of our lives, we can take this teaching of yours and we can apply it to our lives and understand in a greater sense, who we are in you, Jesus the Christ. And we love you and thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. So this morning, the title of the teaching, the, the clicker's not working. Stay tuned for station identification, as Pastor Lou would say is, will the real men of God please stand? So, the point today, I'm just going to go ahead and lay it out there first before we even get started, is we, we are righteous in Christ. Christ died for us. We love Him. We serve Him. And by definition, righteous means uh, without guilt or sin. So, through Christ, we are his righteous people. So I wanted, if I could, to get a couple of people up here, maybe Pastor Jay and Miss Marty, if you wouldn't mind, stage right. I want to get a couple of opinions, if I may, uh, a couple of personal outlooks on the righteous. Yeah, come on. It's just more an outlook on basically just what you think righteous is. When you look at someone and you say, oh, well, that is, that is quite, quite the righteous person. What, what, is, what, do you, what do you look for? What do you see in someone that makes you think or feel that way about them? I guess I would say I, I, when I think of righteousness and right acts and without sin and um, being as close to Christ as we can ever be. Of course, it's always an ongoing journey. I think that it's someone with the heart of Christ and that, that's really walking the walk and, and not just talking the talk. So they have the intent of uh, 
at least we are a sinful creature, but they have the intent of walking in a sinless manner as much as possible. They yes. they consider others first. They are servants in a sense. They're willing to serve someone else selfless. over themselves. Yeah. yeah, selfless. Excellent. Anything else? That's perfect. Not that I can think. Of. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, it was kind of on the spot. So yes, thank you very much. Thank you. Pastor Jay, what do you what do you think when you read righteous or righteousness in someone? What So whenever what I hear the word righteous, I believe that the people there are that are within the alignment with God, they're in right standing with God. Perfect. Absolutely. Let's see what we got next here. So who thank you very much. Yes. The next question is, who is our best example of a righteous man? So let's read some scripture and verify this. In 1 Corinthians 1.30, we read, But of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. So basically that says that through Christ we are made Unto wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. So he bought and paid for that righteousness for us to carry, no? Amen. So Second Corinthians 5.21 says, For he hath made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. So there's another confirmation that through our Savior, through our Jesus... We are, we truly are righteous. So the point today, I want you guys to really get the revelation that we live in, we live in a sinful world. We have a, we have a difficult place to be right now. But even still, even if we fall, we are his righteous. We need to understand that no matter what your call may be, whether it's to be an evangelist, or to be a great friend to someone, or to have a family, or to not. We are righteous in Christ. We, we must understand that we, we need to receive that. To me, that is foundational. We start there, and we understand. Yes, thank you, Jesus. We understand that through Him, we are righteous. We can move forward from there. So, you know, we may not, I've heard it said this way, and I really like it, but we may not ever fully arrive at the destination, but at least we've left the old place. We've left the old behind, and we're focused, and we're moving forward to the new through our Savior Jesus. So Romans three twenty one through 24 says, But now the righteous of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteous of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all and upon all them that believe. For there is no difference, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. So we absolutely, we absolutely are you know, I'll just be straight with you. The first time I really received that I was righteous through Christ, I didn't believe it. It's like, there ain't, there ain't no way. This old fella here, there ain't no way. Ain't, ain't no way. But there is way, see? It's right here. 
right here. So moving forward, we we are righteous in Christ. That's our foundation. That's our slab. That's where we start. Okay. So we understand that through through Jesus we are righteous. So let's look at uh, what are some of the I guess in a way some of the attributes. Uh, what's our take on a righteous man? Uh, Miss Marty had a great example. Pastor Jay had great examples. Here's a few more. Love the Lord. Confident. Courageous. Has that roar about them. Uh, but at the same time, they are gentle. They're loving. They're authoritative when needed. And carries a spirit of excellence. So those are just a few examples. So with the title being, Will the Real Men of God Please Stand?, we, as the leaders, need to carry, basically, the fruits of the Spirit, is what it is. Exactly. So, you know, I got to thinking about that, and how in the world do I carry, do I exemplify the fruits of the Spirit? And one example that really came to me was reputation. What is your reputation? How do people see you behind your back? What do people say? And, you know, a reputation can be a a fickle thing, but I have always just not really concerned myself with that. I've let the Holy Spirit carry that. Let the Holy Spirit handle that. So we carry the fruits of the Spirit, which, you know, confident, courageous, gentleness, spirit of excellence when we carry those fruits of the spirit the holy spirit can then magnify that in our lives people can truly then see that we carry what we're supposed to carry well the bible tells us we'll be known by our fruits right so there we have it so let's read psalm 24 3 through 5 who shall ascend into the hill of the lord or who shall stand in his holy place The answer is, he that hath clean hands and a pure heart, who hath not lifted up his soul unto vanity, nor sworn deceitfully. He shall receive the blessings from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. How about that? I'll take that. (laughs) Amen. So what does the Bible have to say about a righteous man? James 5.16 says, Confess your faults one to another, and pray one for another that ye may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of the righteous man availeth much. So we've heard from this platform the last half of that scripture referenced many times. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. So when our heart is pure, when we're right, what we pray is correct. We're not begging God to do this. We're not contradicting the Bible when we pray. You know, if the Bible tells us to go forth and minister, and we continue to ask the Lord, can we go forth and minister, what are we doing? We're counteracting. He said go forth, so we have to move forward, right? So Psalm thirty-seven, sixteen: A little that a righteous man hath is better than the riches of many wicked. So it's better to be, we'll just put it as an example, it's better to be just a smidgen righteous 
versus being wicked at all, right? <sighs> Keep us clean, Lord. Proverbs 10:11. The mouth of a righteous man is well of life, but the violence covereth the mouth of the wicked. So that tells you right there, this life versus this life. Heads versus tails. Yeah? So which, which do we choose? If we choose heads, if we choose righteous, then we need to receive that we are. And we can build that foundation upon Jesus. So, we're going to go ahead and read this. But in understanding that we are righteous, in understanding that we will be known by our fruits, having that foundation... When the opposition comes, and see, there's going to be a there's going to be a greater divide come to church. I've been reminded several times this past week of uh, a Dana Coverstone dream of uh, be, it, I think it was titled "Beware of the Wolves." And in the church, there were people in the back that were playing on their phones and sleeping, but the fervent the fervent prayer warriors, the people that were on fire for the Lord were up front praying. And these wolves came into the church and they started pacing in the back. And they irritated, not at first, but in the end they irritated those that were in the back because they were pacing through the pews. And they were getting those that weren't paying attention, that only went to church just to be there. They were irritating them such that eventually they left. They left the church. And see, that divide is as we can see what's going on in the world, that divide is going to get greater and greater. So if we understand that through our Jesus, through our Christ, we, we build that foundation knowing that we are righteous, then as these things come, we can better fight them, right? We can, we can fight them correctly. We can pray correctly. We can speak forth prophetically correctly the way we're supposed to right so that is one of the reasons uh to me why why this topic is more important today than maybe so in the past but with the issues that we have of today i've got a few listed here's world chaos one world financial system that's coming uh i heard a uh, little snippet of a lady who is in politics that uh, said your kids belong to the community. Now that just that just got all over me because my kids don't belong to the community. They're mine. And as the head of the house, if I'm operating the way I'm supposed to be operating as a child of God, but a man, then that leadership and that authority, that responsibility are those kids it's my wife it's it's us as a family so my kids don't belong to a community we can be a part of a community but my kids belong to me i answer for them i answer for the way they're raised nobody else so i've also heard through a, a another little snippet of a video uh you will own nothing and be happy now what in the world does that mean that sounds like one world order to me. Absolutely. I, I can't stand. But how do, we, how do we combat that as the righteous? 
I mean, what what can we do against that? On your knees pray, says Marty. That's awesome. That's a great place to begin. We, see, we always, I've said foundation many times, but when we build that correctly, it won't fall. It can't fall. Jesus didn't fall. You know, Pastor Stan has mentioned several times that Satan thought he won when he killed Jesus in that physical body. But he didn't win at all. And so if we have the correct foundation, if we understand fundamentally that it's all from Jesus, then we can move forward from there correctly. You don't want to get a house two-thirds built and then have to tear it down and start over because you messed up day one. We don't want to mess up day one. We want to make sure that everything we do is correct. So I don't want to be one of those that owns nothing and is still happy. That doesn't, that doesn't compute to me. I don't understand that. So we combat these kinds of things through, number one, being known by our fruits, yes? So we, being baptized in the Holy Spirit, we operate in that love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance, right? We operate in that. It's second nature to operate in that. And so secondly, we can begin through the fruit to demonstrate his power through gifts, right? That's opposition to the negative that keeps trying to to defeat us, right? So the next thing on the list is is a world government alliance. Now they haven't done that yet, but... Uh, Pastor Stan has mentioned several times the one world government through Revelation. There are many scriptures that say we will end up with ten global regions. I want to say it's like seven governments, but ten global regions, something like that. So at some point, we need to look at this uh, one world government and understand what that's going to do. How How do we combat something like that? And then I just put a the next one I put a bunch of letters there X Y Z. <laughs> so, you know, one just just a suggestion here, but one way to combat those things is to not accept it. Why should we accept the how would you say that group of people's opinion? their outlook it doesn't line up with anything in scripture in fact scripture if anything says that that is absolutely not the reason or why we were created so we don't need to as men dress up and act like women and we don't need the women to dress up and act like men i'll give you a perfect example of that uh having a plumbing business uh at different times had a lot of different employees and one I'll call her a girl just because she was young but one girl came and applied and I said you know what let's see what you got I need some help and so I put her on a job and it ended up being to do some digging and bless her heart she she didn't she wasn't uh, she didn't weigh a dollar bill dripping wet she was just that small but I gave her two days to do some work and on that shovel she just could not do it she didn't have what it took to complete the task she wasn't to be truthful she wasn't built right 
she wasn't strong enough. There is a certain strength. There's an authority. There's a determination that men carry. Now, whether they use it or not, it's up to them. But there is that within us to accomplish and to defeat the task of the day, to, to finish what we were built to finish. And so, long story short, I ended up having to let her go just because she couldn't. But we, we gave her a try, you know. But there, there are specific things because of the way we are created. In my opinion, we need to accept those things and move forward with it. Men, we need to step up, period. We need to step up. If mama's going to go take care of the kids, we just let her go take care of the kids. Well, how can you say that it's not daddy's turn to get up and express a little authority to the kids? He needs to be the one to address the kids at that point. You know, there, there are so many things that I see sometimes that as men we tend to just let the ladies take care of. And there's a lot of things that they can do. I'm not saying that by any means. But there's a lot of things that we should be stepping up and doing. A lot. A lot of different things that we just, well, they'll, they'll handle it. It's fine. Well, sometimes that's okay. All the time that's not okay. We have got to do our part. We were built to do certain things. I remember a story about my grandfather, Flournoy. My dad was a little boy and his older brother. They were playing in the kitchen, and their mother had told them three times to get up, put your toys in your room, go make your bed. Three times she told them. The fourth time, what do you think happened? Daddy got up, and he took care of it. He did his part. It's all right for Mama to say do this or do that, but when the kids don't listen to that authority, our authority needs to take place. We need to let the kids know who we are. And that's not, that's not to, to say that we need to be rough on anybody, but when there's defiance, it needs to be handled. It needs to be handled by those that should handle that. So anyways, uh, the last one on the list here says society's accepting, acceptance of anything goes. Have we, have we experienced a few folks that just doesn't matter to me, doesn't affect me, I don't care. See, we, we, can't, we can't accept that. Because as soon as we do, they hit you at a grassroots level and it spreads and before you know it it's out of control and we can't we can't handle it from there so we've got to get to a point to where our standard where what we believe we stand up for men specifically there's nothing wrong with the lady standing up for it too but god gave us the authority he gave us all power authority and dominion and that's not to say that our helpmate shouldn't be right there with us because she should we can do it together. But we need to take that first step. It's up to us. So, let's read a few more scriptures here. On uh, The question is, how do we as Gentile Christians, uh, Christian men, combat these issues? So let's break it down just a little bit. First uh, Peter 4.17 says, For the time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God. So, does that start with... The kids in preschool? 
we can say this house, but when all the water's boiled out of the pot, whose responsibility is it? It's ours. Absolutely ours. And if it first begin at us, what shall the end of them that obey not the gospel of God? And if the righteous scarcely be saved, where shall the ungodly and the sinner appear? So, and I mean this literally, what, what is that saying? As if the righteous scarce, scarcely be saved, where shall the ungodly and the sinner appear? Is that, truly, tell me, is that saying that there's not going to be a whole lot of saved in the end? What is it, the, the scripture that says, broad is the gate and the way that leadeth un, the path unto destruction, but narrow is the way and the, and the gate that leadeth to righteousness, right? So wherefore, let them that suffer according to the will of God commit the keeping of their souls to him in well-doing as unto the faithful creator. So everything we do, everything we say, everything we think, uh, needs to be as unto the Lord. Yes? All right. Well, let's go over a few questions here. Is our heart clean before God? Well, I can tell you mine is every morning. <laughs> every every morning. You know, we do have challenges through the day. I personally had a, a, a pretty challenging week this past week. Did a lot of work, a lot of hard work. I did every bit of it by myself. But I had him with me. Amen. So as head of the house, do we lead by example? So I'll just share this little bit uh, about me. When Kaylee was young, I, I've always sensed that uh, healing, miracle signs, and wonders is a, is a big thing for me. I just feel like that's one of the things that uh, the Lord has for, for me personally. And so as Kaylee was growing up, I used to share those things with her and encourage her to speak forth uh, and use her authority to see those miracle signs, wonders happen. And so one day I was, you know, and just as Prophet Leslie says, we need to practice these things, huh? Practice makes perfect. I had a gymnastics coach that said perfect practice makes perfect. Never could really figure that out. I'd Every time I practiced, I always messed up. But eventually it became perfect. It wasn't perfect at first. But the point was, the attitude of the heart is, I'm going to get it this time, right? Okay, well, to practice those things, leading by example, I was out mowing the grass one day all by myself, and I saw, I saw a lowly gray cloud floating across the sky all by itself. And as I say pretty well every time I'm about to speak forth, I said, all right, Lord, let's do it. And I commanded that cloud. It was headed north, and so it was, a, it was crossing me. I, I told that cloud to stop where it was, and I said, you turn this away, which was west. And I said, you pour out all your moisture on this city block. We have all power, authority, and dominion, right? So that cloud, I was mowing the grass, real smart thing to do, because if it rains, you can ruin your lawnmower cutting wet grass. So I saw that cloud start coming this way, and I just kind of went on about cutting the grass. And next thing I know, it's raining. And I said, okay, well, this is going to stop here in just a minute. 
and I kept mowing, and it didn't quit. So I literally had to put the mower up, and I went inside, and within five, ten minutes, that cloud had poured out all its water on that city block, and it had completely disappeared. Now, I'm, I'm no meteorologist, but I believe clouds form from moisture, so when all the moisture's gone, the cloud's gone. It's over. So, as practice, is that not something that we should, we should do? It's okay, right? It's another, it's another way to understand that we're righteous and that there are things we need to fight. And with that authority, we can claim those. It's no different than Jesus cursing the fig tree. Untimely fix, right? Same thing. So, another question. Have we rolled over to the pagan way of the world without fighting? Meaning we let them just do their political policy stuff. Doesn't affect me. Y'all just go do whatever you're going to do. i got to go to work. Well, we can only do that for so long, and then we've got issues that come up that we don't agree with, like no God in school. Man, I remember growing up, we, uh, we said the Pledge of Allegiance, My Country Tis of Thee, was one of the songs that we sang, and we prayed every morning. And we don't do that anymore. And for me as a kid, that was just a little reminder that we are of the Lord. We think of him at least for a few minutes, and then we go on about our school day, right? So the last question is, should we allow these things or not? Well, absolutely we shouldn't. But what are we doing to combat these things? So let's read this, this next scripture here, 2 Corinthians 10, 4 through 6. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Now, we've quoted that a million times. So, you know, growing up, we hear the, the old saying, don't bring a knife to a gunfight, right? Well, how about a sword, right? Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ and having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. So the sword reference is the scripture. You know, the more, the more of his righteousness we have, the more of that scripture we have, the greater that sword is, the more powerful that sword is, the better we can begin to fight these things. So through that, should we carry influence well sure we should well where does that start how in the world do you even begin to do something like that well it starts with uh, being influential as the husband the dad with friends family co-workers community those sorts of things so we begin at the foundational level to walk in those fruits to demonstrate those gifts in those environments and as we begin to do that as we practice go talk to the clouds as we practice and we see these things come to fruition it builds us up on our most holy faith right it builds us up it makes us stronger so we used to pray over i personally uh, used to pray over a lot of co-workers back when i worked for my daddy at a at a really big plumbing company and I, I had no reservation telling folks how Jesus was for me. 
And so there were times when some of them would ask for, for prayer, and we, we prayed over poisonous spider bites a couple of times, pinched nerves in the back, things like that, and we saw results. We did. So we start on a grassroots level. We start within our personal community, our family and friends and so forth, and we work on that. So the next question is, what in part does it take to be righteous? Well, every morning I say, I call it the prophet's prayer. It may have a different name, but it's, it's the prayer of the day. Uh, and I cleanse my heart, I ask for forgiveness of my sins, I put on the full armor, the whole thing. And so every morning I believe that that's how I start out. Now every day's got got its own different challenges yes of course so when issues of the world arise being righteous how do we handle them so i put in number two their weapons do we actually use weapons guns knives no we don't we actually use the sword of the spirit we use we use the the weapons of our warfare not carnal so we use the word of god to sever whatever may need to be severed or to fight against or cancel whatever may need to be canceled, whatever's coming at you, right? So political policy that we don't agree with, cancel it. Speak against it. Don't allow it. Silence is the same thing as being in agreement because we haven't done anything. So it continues, right? All right, so let's read 1 Corinthians 12, 1 through 6. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren... I would not have you ignorant. You know that you are Gentiles, carried away unto these dumb idols, even as ye were led. Wherefore I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calleth Jesus accursed, and that no man can say that Jesus is the Lord, but by the Holy Ghost. Now there are diverse, diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are difference, differences of administrations, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. But the manifestations of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. For to one is given the Spirit of the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another the gift of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, and to another interpretation of tongues. But all these things worketh that one and the same self-same spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. So you know what that means? That means we're family. That means we're family, truly. Because John over here may operate better in this than Brandon over here with this. But you know what, guys? When we lock arms, as men of God, when we lock arms, we the team, we get off that bench. You know, Pastor Stan says all the time, no one's benched in the family. Well, I agree with that. But you can go sit on that bench anytime you want. See, it's up to us. I don't want to sit on the bench. You don't either. So let's all make it a point with the foundation, knowing that our righteousness is in Christ, to get up off that bench and operate the way 1 Corinthians tells us to.
we lock arms. We can make this happen. We got a we got a real fight coming on our hands. And we need to be able to stand together. Truly, we have got to be able to stand together as a family and make this happen. We got a lot coming. Pastor Jay, can I borrow you for just a second, please? So I wanted to have Pastor come up this morning there just just to put the put the exclamation point on us needing to operate uh, in our gifts as well as we can as a family. Uh, I believe it was last week there was a lady that came up that had had a vision through praise and worship. Yes. You remember I do. that a little bit? Would you mind to share some of that with us right quick? So I'll try to recall to the best of my ability, and thank you for reminding me. Sure, sure. So a lady that was here shared a vision that she had as, as we were praying and it was a very uh, impactful vision. So it started with, she saw an angel, and this angel was no other, no ordinary angel. It was a big, huge angel. Its height, like high in stature. One foot, just to give you a little reference point, one foot stood over the highway, and I guess it was 75, and the other one stood somewhere across the city. So you can see how big this angel was. And the angel stood right on top of Spirit of Prophecy Church. And, and um, the, the woman that was telling me this, she looked up even further, and she sees a flag. And this is a white flag that's waving in the air, and it has a red cross on it. And she, hears, or she feels that the Spirit of the, the Lord is saying that here is where there will be a lot of reconciliation, a lot of healing healing of the heart, maybe even miracle healings, right? Healing of, of physical ailments. And she also sees that uh, there, there is a, a sense of urgency here in the Spirit of Prophecy Church in particular, but that this would be a beacon of light for those around us. Amen. So the surrounding areas, whether it be churches, whether it be non-denominational, whether it not even be churches, non-churchgoers, non-believers, we would be that beacon of light and there will be healings, there will be miracles, and there will also be teachings so that people would also be able to carry the Spirit of the Lord with them. So some of that was paraphrased, and, um, uh, but for the most part, that was the vision, was, was the large angel that was releasing an anointing here at Spirit Prophecy Church. So praise God for that. Amen. So stay put. Mm-hmm. So that means that we've got influence, Right. Don't we need to stand on that foundation of righteousness with that influence? Right? Yes. That also means that we need to lock arms. We need to be here for each other. We need to, we need to be able to uh, help one another in whatever way because this person, like I said, has their gift and it's a little bit more natural for them than so and so and so on. Right? So it's time for us to lock arms. Truly as a strong church in the Lord. We don't have to be a big church to be strong in the Lord. That strength comes from Him. And it comes from us and our righteousness, understanding who we are in Him. And we can move forward as a, I want to say team, but we can move forward really as a family. Because that's who we are. We all love each other just the same. And we want the best for each and every one of us, right? Yes? All right. Well, let's close with uh, a prayer over the, uh, the break food. Sure. If you don't mind. All right. I, I wanted to say something real quick. So sure, sure. You, you had a couple of points that, I mean, 
thank God for this man because he comes up here and he tells us about righteousness and what it means to be in right standing with God, in alignment with God. And is this not a timely word for us, right? This is exactly what we need. So praise God for that. Thank you for being obedient to Holy Spirit. And also I wanted to ask a question. There uh, There was a segment in your presentation where you said you have to have a clean heart. And I recognize that you're very confident in your in your answer. <laughs> I have a clean heart. So for those here at Spirit of Prophecy Church, um, would you mind sharing a little bit more practical what that looks like for you so maybe we can also implement that in our own lives? Sure. I practice daily if, for example, I, uh, with employees, if there was something negative that needed to be addressed, I always wanted to make sure that I thought about it uh, I want to say meditated on it, but I really gave it my all to address whatever situation as stern as it needed to be, but as soft as it must be, so that I'm not necessarily offensive to someone, but the authority and the power comes through as it's supposed to, so that whatever issue that may be can be corrected. But it's not with, in plumbing, man, there's there's a lot of strong fellas and uh, you know they're not they're not a, they're not hesitant to throw up the dukes so to speak. Uh, they they uh, they are very strong-minded people, and their ways are the right ways. And so, if you have someone that just as an example has a little bit of arrogance about them, you better approach them correctly. And that doesn't mean be timid. That just means don't be offensive. You know, Prophet Leslie, she gets up here all the time and and has a lot of powerful things to say. But that I can tell, at least with me personally anyways, I don't take offense to it. I receive correction if there needs to be, but I just move on. And so, to me, it's great that we receive His righteousness, use that foundation to address situations correctly. Man, you talk about having a much smoother day, and that goes for me too. There are times when uh, this past week I got I got a little frustrated. I had to do some quite challenging work by myself, and a lot of times I'll be straight with you. The Lord gives me the ideas that I need to figure out how to do it on my own. Otherwise, it's it, because it's a job like the one that I did this last week. It was a job for two or three people, easy, but I did it all on my own. But I got the best helper there is. See? So, truly, I do. So, I try to examine my heart before I address a situation. And if it's a knee-jerk thing, then we know how to operate in the fruits of the Spirit. We just need to do it. And so, one thing, you know, I, I didn't ask the Lord for patience, but one example is I wanted to know where the Lord saw my patience Am I a patient person or not? And so we had a situation, and he told me, yes, you you do have patience. You're a patient man. You have the look of a patient man. But that's not to say there aren't situations where you better check your patience. You better check that temper. You better understand and control within you what you need to control so that you can operate the way you're supposed to operate. So that's something that I practice literally daily amen amen thank you for sharing sure, sure. and um you know jesus says our lord says that we will know them by their fruits and praise god we see your fruits and we 
ask Amen. Jesus that he would continue to increase them in you. Amen. And thank you for the timely word. So let's Amen. pray for the food. There's some donuts and some goodies back there. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, we ask that you would bless that food as we take it. Father, may we have fellowship with one another, that we be in one mind, one accord, for your glory, for your honor. Have your way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. We'll, we'll see you back here shortly. All right. It's time for praise and worship. All right. Amen. All right. Hallelujah. Let's stand up. We got plenty of room to spread out. I'm a little hot in the monitor. Me too. I'm a little hot hot up here. A little hot in the monitor. Well, it is a little warm up here though too. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's hot up here too. Yes. Yep. Yep. You know, I was just sitting here thinking, uh, what. What is a, you know, because we're encouraged all the time to memorize the word. What's a great way to do that? There's been a verse of scripture that has stuck with me for 30 years. And it's because as a kid growing up in church, one of the very first solos I ever got as a kid was Deuteronomy 7 verse 9. And I've remembered that ever since. So singing the word. Helps, helps you remember those things. Deuteronomy 7, verse 9. Know therefore that the Lord your God is God. He is a faithful God, keeping his promises of love. Keeping his promises of love to a thousand generations. To a thousand generations of those that love him and keep his commands. Yep. Hadn't forgot that forever. So, and that's what praise and worship is. Amen. Amen. What a great way yep. to, to practice the word. Hallelujah. Lord, you are King of kings and Lord of lords. Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, Father God. We give you the praise, and we call you our friend. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Come on, let's put our hands together. Hallelujah. Singing, who am I? Who am I that you are mindful of me, that you hear me when I call? Singing, is it true? Is it true that you are thinking of me, how you love me? It's amazing. That you are mindful of me, that you hear me when I call. Is it true that you are thinking of me, how you love me? It's amazing. I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God. Yes, I am a friend of God. He calls me friend. I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God. He calls me friend. 
I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God. He calls me friend. He calls me friend. Yes, he does. He calls me friend. He calls me friend. What a joy it is that he calls us friend. Lord, you are worthy. Let it be a sweet sound to your ear, Father God.
This is the air I breathe. This is the air I breathe. Your holy presence living in me. This is my day. is my daily bread, your very word, spoken to me, and I, I'm desperate for you. your glorious and mighty name. Let it be a sweet sound unto your ears. Father God, we thank you for this time to worship you in spirit and unity and in truth. 
and a place where you can call from the rooftops and be those warriors on the front line. Keep preparing us, keep preparing us from the inside out in our hearts, Father God, to be bold in the time of weakness, to shout your name when there is no time to shout it. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thank you, Jesus, for a wonderful time in your presence. Now we're going to pray for the man of God. <laughs> thank you, Jesus, for Jonathan this morning. I thank you that he, you had ordained for him to be the oracle of God in this church, um, even before the foundations of the earth were laid. And this morning, we just ask that you can help us to open our spiritual ears to be able to hear what the Holy Spirit is saying, and that we can be a fertile ground that the seed of the word may grow and uh, bear fruit in us. Hallelujah. We also pray that Jonathan will be able to hear of God and he'll be able to portray the message with clarity and with purity. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 All right. Thank you, JC. Let's continue in a, in a state of prayer, a prayerful heart. Um, the Spirit of the Lord is everything. And in that last song, we sang something that said, uh, Your very presence living in me. And that's the exact word that we're going to speak today. We are humbled before you, Almighty Father. All things are created by you. Not one thing was created without you. So may we glorify you. May we bring you glory and I just pray, Almighty Father, over this word, that it would be simple for us to understand, but that it would also penetrate our hearts, and it would, it would stick with us even through the troubled times, so that way we look to you and we surrender. Holy Spirit, have your way. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. All right, so we're going to have a continuation of last week. So pop quiz, what was it about? No, not really. It was a, it's about cultivating the church, right? And so... Danny, if you wouldn't mind helping me out here, um, a little bit of recap from last time. Cultivating the church, uh, Jesus was always talking about agriculture. He always made things that were difficult, things that are spiritual, make sense to those who truly wanted to hear the truth. And that's exactly what we're hoping for today. Today, we're going to be talking about cultivating the church, part two. The first part was about cultivating ourselves in this church, right? Now it's talking about the manifestation of the Holy Spirit within the growth of the church. So recap. On part one, we talked about the condition of our nation. It's filthy. We have the American flag there. Nobody wants to use that cup. Nobody wants to be cleansed by the word of God. So let's align ourselves to be cleansed by the word of God. And uh, we've lost our desire, but not here, not in this church Continue to pray and fast and seek him in all things. Second, uh, second summary here is judgment begins in the house of God. Now, my brother Brandon touched on this, so I'm hoping that this is a repetition, as will some other scriptures in my message be. So praise God that we're in alignment, we're in one accord today. Uh, change starts with you and me. It starts with the man in the mirror. I'm not talking about Michael Jackson. I'm talking about you're in the mirror and we're seeing what we have before us. Let's, let's correct our hearts and our minds. Let it align with our God. Thirdly, 
our conclusion from that time was to prepare ourselves for use, right? So we talked about the importance of denial to oneself. And it's kind of funny because as I was listening to music on YouTube, you know, I, I listen to Christian instrumentals in the background while I, you know, type up my presentations. And then those rascal ads pop out of nowhere, right? And who was it? But I don't even know if I can say his name. I'm not going to say it, but it was a famous actor, very attractive man, young man. And he's just modeling. He's strutting his stuff on the catwalk, and he's, like, promoting his new cologne, and it's called Myself. <laughs> and I looked, at, I looked at my Bible, and I looked back up, and I'm like, okay, this is the word for us today. All right, so it's not about ourselves it is no longer, nor has it been about ourselves. It's a prayer of ours today that we once lived in accordance with the patterns of this world. We were taught by this world. Who is the prince of the air that rules this world? All right, let's think about that. So it's the importance of denying thyself so we can pick up our cross and follow Jesus, our Savior. It's seeking true repentance. Remember, we talked about true repentance is not just God... Oh, here I am again. I'm so sorry that I did the same thing over and over. But the true repentance that you seek is the one where your heart breaks when you do something against his will. Whenever, not just that you're sorry, but you're so sorry that you will never do it again. That's the true repentance that we're praying for, for each member here. And then lastly, it's building that personal intimacy with God, right? So Pastor Stan always hits on the, uh, the prayer closet, right? And you see in this image, it's perfect. You have a Bible open and you have a cultivation there right before you. You can, you can mold this plant the way that you'd like. It has life and before you is life. And that's the presence of God. That is the Garden of Eden. That is paradise that we talk about. The presence, very presence of God that only Jesus could have um, allowed us access even after we sinned. It was through the blood of Jesus. Amen? Okay. So... Jonathan, question, what does this all have to do with cultivating the church, right? We started with cultivating ourselves, working on ourselves, hearing the word of God, hearing the voice, the still small voice of our shepherd, because he says that my sheep know my voice. So that's the most important part. So let's get into actual church. Let me talk about maybe a building or a group of people, a body of Christ that we call it. All right, so we start in John chapter 15. Now, if you know anything about life and death, whenever somebody is passing away or passing on, they have these last and final words. And these words are so impactful. This is generally how we remember those people, not only by their memories, not only by the fruits that they produce, but also the last words that they had. Before Jesus had left his disciples, he left them with words of encouragement. And to me, if I were the disciple and I were hear the, hearing this, I'd be like, oh boy, I, I just got to know you and now you're leaving us. Oh, and he knew, he knows the hearts of man, right? Who are we? Like he can number the, the very uh, number of hairs that we have on our head right now. And that's pretty impressive. So John chapter 15, Jesus says, now ye are cleaned through the word which I have spoken unto you. That is our goal to be cleansed with the word. So it was the word that he spoke over them. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of its own, except it abide in the vine, no more can ye except ye abide in me. 
And the vine, ye are the br- I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, ye can do what? Nothing. Everything? Nothing. Nothing. Zero. Some, not even just a little bit. Nothing. We need Holy Spirit. We need Jesus. We need Abba Father to produce any type of fruit. All right, cling on to that truth here. The next chapter, he's, he's encouraging his disciples now. So his disciples are trembling. Oof, he's leaving and uh, he's our rab- Rabboni. Uh, so what's, what's going to happen? Uh, well, Jesus says this. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. I will send him unto you. Is Jesus truth? Yes. So is it true that he has sent you something? Holy Spirit. Amen. And when he is come, Holy Spirit, he will reprove the world of sins and of righteousness. Right, brother? And of judgment, of sin because they believe not on me. Of righteousness because I go to my Father and ye see me no more. And of judgment because the prince of this world is judged. Amen? Amen. I have yet many things to say unto you, but ye cannot bear all of them now. Howbeit, when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth, or some truth. All truth. He will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And he will show you the things to come. Amen? To me, that sounds like a spirit of prophecy, right? He will show you the things to come, right? We can do nothing without Christ. So, where it all began, Acts chapter 1, this is where the church began. This is where our risen Savior, he even told the Jews, and the Jews were ready to stone him, said, you know, break down this temple, I will rebuild it in three days. And of course, he was talking about his body. Which body? The body, his body, but it is the body of Christ, right? The former treaties have I made, O Theophilus, of all. And just a disclaimer, we're going to go through a lot of scripture. And I repent because at first I was making this this presentation and I was like, man, that's just a lot. I hope that nobody falls asleep. But I repent from that because this is the word of truth. So if you guys fall asleep, may it be to peace be unto you as you sleep and drift off to heavenly you know, sleep. But... This is the Word of God, which contains life. Jonathan Gallo has no power without the Word of God, so I will preach the Word of God. All right, so with that disclaimer said, let's get to going. The former treaties have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and to teach, until the day in which he was taken up. After that, he, through the Holy Ghost, had given the commandments unto the apostles, whom he had chosen. Hmm. Let me read that again. Wait. Until the day in which he was taken up, after that he, through Holy Ghost, had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen. Um, So, through the Holy Ghost, had he given commandments unto the apostles. So, Holy Ghost is now performing his works, the works of Jesus Christ, and is now being received by the apostles to go forth and to replicate to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, 
being seen of them forty days, and speaking of things pertaining to the kingdom of God, and being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait, but to wait for the promise, right? To wait steadily for Holy Spirit. That was the promise of Father, which he saith, or saith he, ye have heard of me, Jesus, for John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost, not many, dense, not many days hence. So in a little while, you're about to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And when they therefore were come together, asked him of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? And that is such an important question, isn't it? The restoration. Remember, we believe that Jesus is the Lord of lords and the King of kings, and he was supposed to have gone on the cross, and then he went on the cross, and, and uh, he gave his life, and then he went to the grave, and then arose three days later. But he was supposed to be my king. He was supposed to be the savior, the salvation of Israel. So to the kingdom of Israel, now what? And Jesus said unto him, It is not for you to know the times or seasons which the Father hath put in his own power. But ye shall, what? Ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost come upon you. And ye shall, what? Ye shall be witness unto me, unto Jesus. So we are now witnesses unto Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit and only by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. So both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Praise God that we have a mission team here at Spirit of Prophecy Church. Praise God that Holy Spirit is guiding them and giving them strength. And praise God he will bring them back to us with bunches of testimonies of saved people. Amen? Amen. That is our desire. So, unto the uttermost parts of the earth. And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. Wow. He literally have left us a gift. And I remember and I recall... Um, I was up here several months ago talking about the Bride of Christ and how we are the Bride of Christ. And in the same likeness in that culture, whenever they were betrothed one to another, the husbandman, before he was betrothed fully, actually he was betrothed, then he gave the bride a gift. And that gift was a promise. I, I am coming back. And this gift is not just a shabby gift that he bought from Albert Sins or Kroger on the way over to her house, Right. It was a gift of assurance. I, this is an extremely valuable thing to me. I will come back for you. Right? Holy Spirit. So we're going to get into 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We've already, uh, re, uh, we've already gone through these verses this morning. So praise God. We're going to go through them again. Amen. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren. All of this is about what can we do for the glory of God? You and I. Right? What can the church do? Besides sitting in a chair on Sundays, what can we do for God? What can we not do is probably a better question when we have Holy Spirit. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles carried away unto these dumb idols, even as ye are led. And that, it's kind of funny the way that it's worded, so I had to say it like that. Carried away in, unto these dumb idols. Everything that is taking the place of God Anything that you believe that can satisfy you above the means of Jesus Christ, you are fooled. Those are idols. As you're led, wherefore I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed. 
and that no man can say that Jesus is Lord, but by the Holy Spirit. Now, there is a diversity of gifts, but the same Spirit. There's differences of administrations, but the same Lord, right? We can do them in different ways. They look different, but it's of one God. And there are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. But the, manifest, the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. So it's, it's for the benefit of the church. Amen. For to one is given the Spirit of words of wisdom. Let's pause there. We're going to talk about each one of these because I look at them and I wish that I had help as well. And as I'm learning about these things, uh, praise God, he's, he's uh, uplifting and he's giving me wisdom and revealing himself. And I pray that he does that to all of us. The same way that the Berean Jews in the book of Acts, they listened and heard Paul and they said, well, let me measure that up. Let's go back to scripture, see what it says. The same thing. Don't take my word for it. Take the truth word for it. Take the Bible, not Jonathan. I can't do anything without him. So the words of wisdom. Whenever we see wisdom, I think about King Solomon. Remember in his secret place, God said, all right, King Solomon, what would you like out of anything in the world? And he said, I'll, I'll take a cup of wisdom, you know. And that was interesting. And, and God blessed him with wisdom. And because of that answer, he blessed him so much more. And I recall a specific stage where wisdom is actually the impartation of knowledge to you in order to discern and handle certain situations here on earth that are generally conflicting to others, right? So King Solomon was brought up with a conflict before his court. There was two women, and there was only one child, and they were both claiming that that one child was theirs because the night previous, there was one woman that rolled over her child and killed that child, suffocated. So now there is a, motherless, or a childless mother there, and she's fighting also for a custody of a child. One of them is true. How do we figure that out? Well, the wisdom of God was upon King Solomon that day and the days thereafter. But King Solomon said, okay, well, since the child is, might be yours and might be yours, let's cut it in half and give you one half and you the other. And he knew in his heart that whoever would respond with, Lord, please, no, no, let her have it. That would be the true mother out of the love, uh, out of the true love of that mother's heart. That's a word of wisdom. Sometimes I talk to people and they're going through some things, and I'll say something, and I'm like, oh, that's very good. Huh. <laughs> well, <laughs> hey, come back anytime. But no, I want to say it is not Jonathan that is doing this. It's a word of wisdom from above. Whenever you start taking the glory, please be careful. Do not fall into that. All right, words of wisdom. To another word of knowledge. Knowledge is data in this engineering world. Uh, it's data for us, but really it's just understanding and it's information, right? So a word of knowledge, I'm sure you've had somebody at, your, at some point in time speak a word of knowledge to you, something that you have told nobody, but they revealed it to you. Do you how do you, think that, do you think that they followed you in childhood? No, it was downloaded from above and only from above. It's like Joseph and his dreams or Daniel and his interpretations of dreams all of these things are words of knowledge. We cannot do it on our own behalf. It is a supernatural thing by the same Spirit. To another, faith. 
by the same Spirit. Now, is this, you know, natural faith? You know, we can't please God without faith, but we cannot be saved without faith because it's through faith. It's, it's by grace through faith we have been saved, not of works so no man may boast, right? So is this talking about that faith? Well, it's actually talking about a further and deeper faith. There are some people that's a part of the body of Christ that can just come into a room and ignite the room with faith. They just they they have something inside that mustards up a, a spirit that is supernatural that I'm just I listen and I'm like, wow, taken back. You're right. This is this is my God. He is one and only no contender. And he builds my faith. That is a gift of faith It's building up one another for his glory to another gifts of healing by the same spirit. Um, you know, this gift of healing we have seen before and we're praying for more and more. Um, I don't know if it's the condition of the church, but personally, I haven't seen it with my own eyes that somebody has been healed and, and walk out of a, a wheelchair, but I desire it. I desire to. And I don't know if it's, like I said, the condition of the church these days, but Holy Spirit is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He can do it again. To another, the working of miracles, same thing, right? Um, Jesus says, and, and I put a bubble at the bottom right there. In John chapter 14, Jesus says to his disciples, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also. What works did he do? He healed, he healed the sick. He raised from the dead. He gave sight to the blind, right? And he made the lame walk and uh, cast out demons. Thank you. Those are the miracles that he did. And greater works than these shall he do, meaning his disciples, because I go into my Father. Now, I, I struggled with this meaning here. I was like, greater? How, do, how does wicked heart Jonathan do greater than Jesus? But if you look at the context, greater is he's going to the Father. And as he's talking to his disciples in Acts chapter 1, they've actually multiplied to 120 so the amount of miracles that proceed after Jesus ascends into heaven are greater, right? By number, quantity, they're greater. But they will be the same as what he has done. Why? Because we see Holy Spirit acting within, and Holy Spirit is, is governing the apostles as Jesus has ascended into heaven. So that same Holy Spirit that rose Jesus from the dead, that now resides in me and you. Remember, Paul says, Do you not know that your body is a, living, is a temple? For the living God, remember? And we were just singing that, uh, your presence, your very presence living in me. Praise God. That's what he's talking about. So, uh, to another prophecy. And remind, so I know that Prophet Leslie came up here about three months ago and spoke on the fivefold ministry. And she mentioned a good point. She said that though you may have a prophetic gift, that does not make you a prophet. That was interesting to me. I just have to point that out. So if you have a prophecy, if you have a dream that foreshadows or foretells something of a knowledge, that is prophecy. If you have a word of wisdom, a word of, of knowledge for somebody, that is prophecy. So all of them are intertwined together and meshed beautifully. To another discerning of spirits. Wow, this is a big one. In church, have you seen any witchcraft? Have you seen any division among the brethren? Have you seen people come and go? Do you wonder why there's division among the brethren? Whenever 
Holy Spirit is supposed to be promoting oneness and unity? Well, there are other spirits that are acting upon each and every one of us. We are a vessel, right? We are the temple of the living God. So we could either allow Holy Spirit to occupy our bodies and we could perform miracles or all of these other gifts that are promised. It's not Jonathan that's claiming that this is true. It's the word of God, right? Or this temple of ours can be vacant and spirits of this evil world going to and fro. Oh, hey, let's party. Party at this place. Oh, bring your seven brothers, right? Let's, let's make this seven times harder. Why don't we, right? Let's, let's be wise, right? Doesn't the word say be as wise as serpents, but as gentle as doves? I hope I'm not misquoting that. All right. To another, diverse kinds of tongues. Now, there are three different types of tongues that I hear. So the first one is your personal heavenly language that edifies you, that builds you up in your prayer closet, right? Then there is the diverse tongues that you can speak to other people in other people's languages that we have seen in Acts chapter 2, right? And then there is the gift of tongues that will edify the church holistically. Remember, it actually says that before you go and you just start speaking in tongues before the, the church, thinking that you're holy and look at me, I'm speaking in tongues before you guys. It's actually supposed to edify. There is a profit, a profitable thing there that we should not miss. Amen? So when speaking in tongues, it's very important that when you're building the church up, that there is the next one, another, the, to another interpretation of tongues. And this one, again, I haven't seen, and I would love to. Uh, the interpretation of tongues, where somebody is, is speaking in tongues, and the other one is, wow. So church, this is what is being said over you right now. Prepare or build or tear down or all of these things. That is amazing. And I I think about we're always in war. This is a warfare, amen? And I remember there's a a favorite movie that I have. It's called Wind Talkers. And it's it's a war movie. And they use Navajo Indians in order to relay information back and forth. And I believe it was through, uh, I'm not even going to say, uh, it was during a war. I don't know if it was the Vietnam War or, or anything, but um, World War II? Thank you. So their, their messages were being intercepted back and forth, and they were being decoded, and the enemy was using that as a strategy so they could tear down anything that any strategic plans that we had set up for future. So they resorted to the Navajo Indian to communicate these things. In the same likeness, I believe that that's like tongues, right? So interpretation of tongues, that's why it's so important. Uh, but all of these worketh that one and the self-same spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. For as the body is one and hath many members, and all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. So if I take a sword and I chop off my hand, do you think that it's going to walk off and start doing its own thing? I've seen movies like that. It's not true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, in the same likeness, we are not called to be monks. We are one body. One is to edify another. One is to have a certain function, while another is to have a different function that will edify one another. Right? Who am I if I say I have the love of Christ and I look at my, my brother Eric? I'm like, hey man, you're not good. You're not good enough. 
Sorry. He, isn't he a part of the same body as me? Should I not be edifying him and he edify me and we all work together in one body? There is division in the church. Amen? Amen. Huh? There, there is. There is. So there should not be. There should not be. But in modern churches, they're preaching a false gospel. There will be false prophets, and we have to be wary. We have to understand what the Word says. Before we start having them tickle our ear, and we keep on going back to the same place, that is not the truth. So praise God, even if our preachers step on our toes a little bit. Praise God, because it says that he who he loves, he also chastens, right? If I see JC doing something she's not supposed to, do I let her keep doing it? No. If she's about to touch that hot stove, am I like, Kate, watch this? No. No. Definitely no. We tell them. We teach them. All right. Danny, I'll need your help here. So that is 1 Corinthians chapter 12. The most important part important part of this is the next chapter. We have to look at our text in the holistic type of context, right? The next part, chapter 13, is talking about you can be the best preacher in the world. You can be the best prophet ever. You can preach and you can prophesy to one person and save them. You can have gifts of healing and pick them up out of wheelchairs. Praise God, but without love. It's like clanging cymbals. Not going, sir. So remember, whenever we're performing these things, it is not I who performs them. It is not you who performs them. You are a vessel. You are an empty glove, and Holy Spirit comes in, and now you are functional. Now you're fully equipped for warfare. And remember, we are all different members of the body. Not all of us can be a nose because we're not just going to breathe oxygen the whole time and not do anything, right? There's an ear, there's a finger. You guys know all these things already. But just remember that when you're thinking, oh, nobody understands me, poor little old Johnny, I'm by myself and nobody understands my true feelings. I want to do the work of God and nobody understands my gifts. We're all one body. Remember, be wise beyond your years and, and, and pray and ask Holy Spirit for these gifts and to reveal himself in you. So that way you go and you're not hurt. It actually says in scriptures to do not be offended anymore, right? For the offense should be Jesus when he was on the cross and he was sinless. And he says, forgive them, Lord. They know not what they do. against the plans of the enemy. So the next slide is going to be about love. There's a picture that I'd like to share. There we go. The importance to do it out of love. Thank you. So back in my prime time, back in the early childhood days of of me and walking with Christ, I picked up the Bible and I, I desired the Word of God and I tried to start a Bible study. I'm saying these things not to build myself or puff myself, but to show that we're walking together in this. Amen? As I was seeking the Lord, I remember that, yeah, okay, I'm learning a little bit here and there. I can pat myself on the back on, in Bible. Um, and I would host a Bible study. And then on the same time, we would also have 
activities to go and exercise these gifts. So there was this thing that we started up called Show the Love Picnic. And I had a buddy that is so talented on the mic, dancing, singing. He could do it all, right? I remember that he would bring out his big old honking speakers that look like this. And we would pick a park, and it would be in a center location of a community. It was awesome. It was beautiful. So he would set up his speakers. And then we also had some brothers that would preach the word of God like fire. And they understood the word. And I'm like, wow, that's so amazing. And then we also had people that are evangelists at heart that they would just go and, hey, I'm not scared of anything. I'm bold. My name is Jonathan Gallo. Hey, how are you doing? Come on this way, right? And it's so charismatic. And people would just go. And there I am, a young engineer, very introverted, kind of hermit crabbing a little bit. I don't have those gifts. What, what can I do for hmm. What can I do for Christ? And praise God, there was a brother there that I think he saw me. And of course, he was sent by Holy Spirit. He didn't even know. But he said, hey, what's going on? What are you doing? Well, brother, I'd like to help. I just, I don't, I don't feel equipped. I don't feel like I, I can do much. Well, where do you find yourself? What do you find yourself doing here? Look around. Well, there's a bunch of trash on the floor. Okay, start there. Okay. Ah, I love serving people. Okay. So one by one, picking up trash. I'm taking the trash and refilling the bag. I'm doing things that nobody sees me doing, and I feel good. Right? So that is acts or gifts. That's a gift of servitude, right? There's a gift of governance, a gift of helps, and that I was helping. And praise God for that, because even the, the ministers up here that are seen in, the, in front of the cameras, behind the scenes, praying for people, delivering people, and some people are sitting in the pews and they're like, okay, how can I serve? Where do you see yourself serving? Where is a hole? Where is there a hole? Where is there a gap? Where can you fill? We're called, this church right here, it's our church, but is it? Are we treating it as our church? Are we cleaning up? Are we, are we taking initiative is the word, right? Are we taking that initiative to make this our own, to grow it, to take care of the members? Have you reached out to people? Have you called them? Have you encouraged them? Have you asked for prayer if you need encouragement? Amen? So next we're talking about fivefold ministry. As I said, Prophet Leslie touched on this, I think, end of July in one of the Sunday schools. Uh, thank God for that. All around us, we have banners, and these banners talk about the fivefold ministry. And Pastor Stan always talks about it's like your hand, right? So you have the apostle as a thumb, and then you have the four other fingers. You have the pinky as the strongest finger. That's the evangelist. The evangelist is the strongest because they have to go into that sinful nature and pluck that people out and put them into church, right? And then uh, I know that Apostle Stan will say that the ring finger is the closest to the heart. Supposedly, there's a vein that goes directly to the heart. So this is the heart of the people. This is like a pastor. A pastor has a heart beating and throbbing for people that, oh, they're, they're walking into sin. No, pr- praise God, brother. Come on in. Come on in. We, we can nurture you here. We can teach you the word of God. You are enough. We need those people. Then there is a teacher, right? And then there's a prophet. And the prophet being the index finger because it looks like they're shaking their finger all the time, right? Hey, do this, do that. Ooh, don't talk to that person. <laughs> oh, no, let us have wisdom. Let us have the gift of discernment. Sometimes there's division amongst us because we're not interpreting their spirit correctly. 
Maybe they're anointed in this and maybe they don't even know that. And maybe they just need nurturing to control, uh, to harness that energy, right? But Holy Spirit, nevertheless, he promised every single one of you, I will baptize you in Holy Spirit. And there and then you will have the power to preach and be a witness to Jesus Christ to the ends of the earth. Okay, Ephesians chapter 4. This is fivefold ministry. Are we okay? Amen. All right. So, but unto who? Everyone. What? Who? Everyone. Unto every one of us is given grace. And this is important. According to the measure of the gift of grace, or the gift of Christ. This is important because it's, it's um, I think it's in 1 Corinthians 12. It says, it's important to covet. Important to covet these gifts. You should want these gifts, but also understand that word covet. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's goods. If somebody's up here on stage preaching, you're like, ah, I could do that. Who is he? <sighs> Watch out. Because there is a measure. It's according to the measure of the gift of Christ. There is a specific grace for specific seasons, but the calling and the gifts of God are without repentance. He has created you for a purpose. Let's, let's find that purpose. Let's draw it out. Wherefore he saith, when he ascended up on high and led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men, there's another promise, we're being given gifts. Now that he ascended, what it is, or what is it, but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth, that or he that descended is also the same that also ascendeth up far above all the heavens. Why? Why did he descend and then ascend? Is he in an elevator? No. It's because that he might fill all things. Remember, Father God gave Jesus our Lord and Savior. He is our Lord because all things were given to him. That's why he is Lord. He has ownership. He has lordship over all things. Why? Because even he descended to the lowest part, even past the earth, to the highest, past the heavens. All things were given to our Lord. And he, it was his will to fill those things and to call it back into redemption. All right. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. Why? For the perfecting of the saints. Those that are in his promise, those that believe in him, are called saints. And we are walking daily to be perfected. He says, be holy for I am holy. Be righteous for I am righteous. Right? That is the goal. It is not a, oh, I pray Jesus into my heart. All right, see you guys next year. No? A daily walk. It says, pick up your cross daily and follow me. Die to yourself daily and follow him. This is hard word. I'm in the same boat as you guys. So let us all edify each other. Amen? Amen. For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, and for edifying of the body of Christ. So edifying is from the word edifice, which is a building, a true building, right? Edifying is to build. So for edifying the body of Christ. It's interesting that Jesus claimed and it is true. He claimed to the Jews that he will tear down the temple and in three days he will rebuild it. Right? And upon this rock I will build a church. 
And then it is not Peter, ladies and gentlemen. It is not Kephas. It's a pebble. The rock that he's talking about is the cornerstone, is himself, is the same rock in the desert of the Israelites that they struck and outflowed living water, right? Rivers of living water to feed the flocks. That's Jesus. So he is the beginning of the church. He is made the head of the church. So a lot of churches will say, ah, come on. Apostles, why are you called an apostle? That ended in Acts chapter 2, chapter 3, chapter 4, brother. What are you thinking, right? Okay, well, what does this verse say here? Verse 13. Okay, so we're made back in 12 for the perfection of the saints, for the work of the ministry, and for edifying the body of Christ. Verse 13, what does it say? Till we all come in the unity of faith. Oh, was the body of Christ already completed? Maybe I'm not included? It's till we come in the unity of faith. And continuing, this just this makes it better and better. And the knowledge of the Son of God. So why do we preach onto the, uh, to the ends of the earth if everybody already has all the knowledge that they need? It's a continual thing until he comes back, right? Unto a perfect man, meaning the, perfect, the perfected body of Christ. Unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Everything under earth and on the earth and above the earth will bow their knee before Christ and they will have knowledge of him. That's why no man will be exempt. So that is what we can do through Holy Spirit. We perform these gifts, not on our own accord because we didn't deserve them. In fact, gift of grace, and I'll, I'll show this in a little bit, but what stuck out to me and I want to share it right now is charisma. The, the word for grace is charis in Greek. And don't you like people that have, oh, man, I describe that person as charismatic, man. You just love him. Like I hear that, uh, who is that president? Uh, Bill Clinton. I heard he was super charismatic. And if you're in his presence, you're like, oh, oh, shake my hand. What can I do for you? Wow, you're so amazing, right? These guys, uh, the the word charis is like the attraction, right? And I'm going to go through this in a couple slides, but... um, Remember that it is a gift of God. Use it for his glory and not your own. All right. All right, so as we say, a lot of these things are preached and parables about agriculture, so we simplify the hard word of God. And it's also a gentle word, too. So me being the nerd that I am, I wanted to see a cross-sectional of this potted plant. And you can see all the parts of the church here. So let's unfold them. The first part that we talked about is the apostle. And the Greek word for that, the definition is a delegate, a messenger, and one that is sent forth with orders. This guy has the opportunity to be a governing body. He's the one that oversees a lot of these things happening. And he, yes, he has a lot of gifts. And these gifts can also spread over and overlap with the other giftings, right? But this man is sent so that the churches are being built, they're being planted. This guy has gloves on and has some working boots. So he is planting, he's going down the lines and the aisles, and he's planting each and every one of these seeds, and he is nurturing them. So he can see, okay, what is needed? What is needed? Is there more dirt that is needed? Is there more fertilizer? Is it being watered? These are the things of the apostle to, to understand through the gifting and the grace of Holy Spirit. Next, we have a prophet. And this wasn't included in the picture, but I thought it necessary. Whenever you're planting, you know you have those bamboo sticks, and then you tie it so that way 
the plant aligns and it, and it grows appropriately, right? You don't want a crooked plant because you'll never be able to correct that crooked plant. It's got to start from the beginning. That is the finger. Ah, the Lord said, thus saith the Lord, right? That is the heart. It's the heart of God. Remember Jesus. And, and each one of these, like I said, is a body, is a body member of the body of Christ. So each one of these are actually attributes of Jesus Christ. So is Jesus an apostle? Well, of course, he was the head and the Rabboni. He was the master of the 12 original apostles, right? Is he a prophet? Absolutely, 100%. For it says in the Bible that his zeal will be after his father's house. He flipped open those tables, right? right? He said, I will not make my father's house a house of dens and thieves. He is absolutely a prophet. So whenever we have these giftings, look to Jesus. He was the first. He is our first fruits. And we have the attributes to glorify him. That's why we don't glorify ourselves through these giftings. So what is a prophet? A prophet can be, one, an interpreter of the oracles or other hidden things. So it's about revealing things to people. Praise God. And number two, one who moved by the Spirit of God, and hence his organ or his spokesperson, solemnly declares to men what he has received, or he or she has received by inspiration, especially concerning the future events, and in particular such as relate to the cause of the kingdom of God and to human salvation. That is what a prophet is. Next we have, and to some, evangelists, right? Evangelists, my brother Eric back here, I'm calling him out. Great evangelist. I, I cannot do the things that he does. He just has it within him. He has a heart for people. And you see, he's always moving around, right? That's, it. That's his calling. It's not, it's not a quirky thing. That's just his gift. Let's praise God for that. That's what I mean by each person is made differently, right? And we don't banish them because they don't look like you. But let's praise God because they're a different body part and they help where we can't help. So an evangelist is a bringer of good tidings and evangelist. I love when definitions also have the word in there. Silly. But this is the hand shovel. Why? People are called from Adam, Adama, the dirt, right? The soil, the fertile soil that will receive the word of God. They need to be in the pot with us. They need to be in the church so they can learn, right? Eric is over there getting his hand shovel. Come on, guys. Let's get to Spirit Prophecy Church. Starts at 930. See you there at 915. Right? That's the hand shovel, shoveling fertile soil into the church. Well, okay. Now we have the church. We have a pastor. And I, I admire King David because whenever, uh, whenever he was celebrating that there was peace among him because God had made peace be to his kingdom, he was like, wow, well, I live in a house of cedar. And this is in Second Samuel chapter 7. Go look at it. I live in a house of cedar, but Holy Spirit still resides in the Ark of the Covenant behind some curtains. And I live in a house of cedar. The Holy Spirit, curtains. Me, house of cedar. Holy Spirit, curtains. Well, I got to build a house. So he speaks with the prophet Nathan, and God speaks through his prophet Nathan to David. And he says, okay, well, whenever I pulled all of Israelites, whenever I saved them out of the hands of Egypt, I gathered them like a shepherd. Did I ever ask to be made a house of cedar? But I have a promise for you. 
through your lineage, because you have that desire, you will build a house. On my accord, you will build a house. And also, I will line up the kingdoms to be an everlasting kingdom on your throne within your lineage. Oh, well, of course, that's Solomon, right? Solomon is the one that built the temple where the Ark of Covenant resided. And surely through King David, we all know that Jesus Christ is reigning forever and ever. But did we consider that the house that was being built could also be spiritual? It could be the house where Holy Spirit resides, the temple of the living God. He said he will build a house. And of course, like I said, scriptures intend for us to understand it as, you know, Solomon's temple that he built. But also there's always a former and a latter. And the latter is always perfect. So who is a pastor? Just the same way that the spirit of the Lord was uh, removed from King Saul and was placed on King David. It was because King David was removed from the sheep coat, is what it's is called in KJV. But what that is, is like the sheep's den or the, um, the sheep's lair, right? So we called a shepherd to lead the kingdom. And that's why pastors have a heart for the kingdom. They have a heart for the, the people in the pews. They have a heart for the entire church. That's why I'm highlighting the pot right there, because you keep it all together. And not only that, but you protect it from disease. You protect it from all these insects coming in and eating the roots. No, not my church. Protect them, right? So a pastor is a herdsman, especially a shepherd. In the parable, uh, he to he to whose care and control others have committed themselves and whose precepts they follow. Remember, we said um, Jesus saying that they will know my voice, they will know the shepherd's voice. So the presiding officer, manager, director of an assembly, so of Christ, the head of the church, and the overseer of the Christian's assembly. So as we see the apostle being the head over all of the operations, we see that the pastors are the head over the assembly themselves, right? Okay, last one, we have teacher. This one's my favorite one, guys, because I'm, I'm not putting anyone to sleep right now, but I love teaching, right? So teacher, the one who teaches. Ah, perfect, right? The one con- oh, the one who teaches concerning the things of God and the duties of man. Praise God. So the teacher with the little shaking arrow down there is pointing at the roots. I heard from somebody somewhere sometime that, oh, America, they love pastors, don't they? Very pastor heavy. Why are people walking in sin? Oh, because we're being coddled so much. It's okay. That's all right. You know, but what if we made an evangelist a pastor? Oh, we would have a mile long church. But that person said, but that would only go an inch deep. So without the word of God and without the truth, I'm not saying that evangelists don't have that. They should. But I'm saying the teacher has a heart to teach the word of God, to to have the roots grow deep, to have an understanding way from Genesis all the way to Revelation. And they intercross and and cross-reference, and it's a beautiful thing. But these roots will then grow and grow and grow deeper so you have a firm foundation. You will not be shaken by any wind that comes to and fro trying to destroy you. Amen? The word of God is our foundation. All right. How are we doing? Good? All right. Praise God. So these are worth noting. Grace, this is what we talked about. We talked about charisma. It's compelling attractiveness or charm. And so as I was reading this, that, that word charm stuck out to me. Because I, 
I don't know about you guys, but I watched some videos from Spirit of uh, or the Prophecy Club, and I saw Stephen Dolan's, and he was a sorcerer, and he did you know witchcraft and all this stuff, and it amazes me that there's even that side of this world. But I have to be educated, right? He talked about charms. Charms are made to to charm people in to attract. And I was, you know, my red flags are going off like, could that be used for the enemy as well? Yeah, I can. That's why I brought up witchcraft in churches. Sometimes, and even Stephen Dolan says this, he says that uh, they look at pastors and sometimes they target them, that even if the pastors don't fall and they have everything buttoned up, oh, they're on the radar, and they'll send their little agents in and try to tempt the pastors, and as soon as that pastor fails that one time, the ministry crumbles. And who looks bad? I don't like those Christians. They don't keep their promise. So it's the plans of the enemy that we need to to thwart, right? We need to, to be watchful for, including ourselves. We should not allow these charming gifts get the best of us. That's what happened to Satan. He saw himself, wow, I'm the most beautiful angel of them all. I want to be higher than God himself. Do not have that spirit. Humble yourself. Die to self. All right, number two. Have the correct intent when desiring the gifts of Holy Spirit. Now, I told you in that next verse, it says, But covet earnestly the best gifts, and yet show I unto you more excellent ways. So that doesn't mean that even if you covet, you're going to get it. Oh, I'm going to be the best teacher because that's what I want. Can't really teach right now, but that's what I want. You know, it says... But covet earnestly the best gifts. That's not wrong. But yet, show I unto you more excellent ways. Maybe it's never been his attention to make you a teacher, but maybe an evangelist. And maybe the greatest evangelist. Who knows? But whenever we use that term great, remember uh, the disciples are saying, well, I want to be the greatest in the kingdom. And Jesus is like, all right, well, then you must serve everybody. So now he's flipped it on his head, and now we're made servants. So if the master and the king of the heavens and the earth came in the form of a servant to serve us, and we are his servants and he is our master, how much more do we serve, right? So have the correct intentions when desiring the gifts. In Acts chapter 8, we, we see that Simon the sorcerer, he's like, ah, well, I have powers, but these Christians, man, their powers are awesome. I need that. What do I have to do? How much money... Where, where do I swipe on my credit card? How much money do I have to pay to get that kind? And they rebuked him. That is not the right heart. You do not just get Holy Spirit. You have to have the heart for it. You have to put it down. That way you can receive the power of Holy Spirit in you. Amen? All right, next. Worth, note, uh, worth noting is number four. The oneness is the goal. And glorifying Jesus is the goal. Remember we said, if I pluck off my finger, my finger can't walk away, but it's used because I am in control of this finger, and this finger has an intent and a purpose. In the same way, we're not supposed to be by ourselves, serving the Lord and saying, look what I'm doing, but I'm not a part of a church, right? No. It's one body, one accord, one mind, one spirit, one God. So glorifying Jesus, just remember that these gifts we're not ones that we could have bestowed on ourselves. That's why it's called a gift. They're all gifts and attributes of Jesus. So they should all glorify Jesus. They should all glorify Jesus. Amen. All right. 
Number five, someone can have multiple callings and use each gift depending on the work that is required, depending on what is needed. They can have an overlap. Praise God for that. And so don't think that you are only limited to one. It actually said covet these, right? We desire all of them. But it's also important that even if you do have all of the gifts, right? And it's not common, but if you have um, you know, a prophetic act or if you have a talent in each of these callings, it's important to also make a successor. You can't do everything on your own. Remember Jethro, the father-in-law of Moses? He's like, brother, <laughs> it's good what you're doing. You're going to tire yourself out, buddy. You need to start assigning some leaders, over, overseeing this, and they will have leaders and they will respond to you. You can't do it on your own, buddy. You're going you're gonna to dry out. And what is that going to do for the gospel? With a, a dried up, uh, discouraged person. Not good. All right. Number six, a good leader is not marked by how many follow them, rather how many they can send out. And this was a, a saying from uh, Jeremiah Johnson. So I heard one of his sermons and this stuck out. So I uh, just wanted to quote that so I can you know, let, let you guys know where I found it. But that really stuck out to me. A good leader is not marked by how many follow them, rather how many they can send out, right? We were never meant to stay here for 30 years and, and grow stale. We're supposed to grow and be sent out. Amen? So strive to edify those around you. All right. That's it. So let's get to our key takeaways. I know that was pretty, pretty hefty, but praise God for that, right? We need to hear that. Key takeaways. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Work it out. It's all up to you. Your mom, your dad going to church, they can't do it for you. You need to work on your own heart. Number two is strive to pursue true repentance in your personal and daily walk with the Lord. Um, and I, I shared this last time, but if you step on a thumbtack, ah, I'm just going to leave it in there. It's probably going to get infected, but oh well. No? You pluck it immediately. If you find yourself uh, you know, being caught up in a sinful nature, right? With Holy Spirit, he that knows God will not sin like that. But still, it even says in 1 John, I think chapter 2, it says, Though if a man were to sin, we have an advocate with the Father, and that is Jesus Christ the righteous. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. All right. And lastly, humble yourselves before the Lord, right? Even the word worship. I heard that in, uh, I think in Hebrew, it's shakha, which means to bow down. You humble yourself because you realize all this authority that you think you have, or you may have it, is not from you. It was given to you. That's called a gift. It goes back to this. Humble yourself so you may be used rightly before God. Brandon, our brother Brandon, talked about righteousness, being in right standing with God. It was a great talk, and it's, it's great because it even collaborates with this talk. We must be righteous and humble before the Lord for him to use us. So be quick to deny yourself and obedience to Holy Spirit. This week, man, it was tough. It was a tough week. I don't know if you guys have tough weeks like that, but man, I wanted to go back to the stuff that I did. Ah, just a YouTube video. You know, just, just watch it a little bit and just enjoy. And 
oh, I get caught up in the suggested videos and then get caught up in those suggested videos and then I'm just in a whirlwind of, wow, that was funny. But what have I done all day? <laughs> you know, what have I done all day? I just watched videos and sure, it's fun, but I'm, fle- I'm feeding the flesh. That's the problem. I'm not feeding the spirit, man. So I'm not trying to make this too hard that nobody can a- achieve it. I'm trying to walk with you guys and reason with you guys here. Uh, pray for the Holy Spirit to reveal and increase your gifts of grace for his glory. Okay? It's, it's heartbreaking for me to see anybody leave the church. It happens. I understand. But I'm asking for maturity. I'm asking, it, were you offended? Okay. Let's deal with it. But was it Christ's fault? Okay. And I understand that there is hurt in the church, but that's what the body is for, right? The body sends, you know, white blood cells to go and plug up all of the, cur- the, the, the cuts and the bruises, and we try to heal one another, right? So it's about mending in the church before you just say, ha, how did they treat me like that? Uh, to heck with them, right? Or whatever they say, I don't know. Um, don't leave the church just because you're hurt. Let's, let's work it out for God's glory. Use scripture to ground us. Amen? Let's all point it towards Christ. So this is what I have for you today. So I would like to pray for each one of us in here. Um, so let's bow our heads. And anybody that is seeing online, we're speaking to you as well as our online presence. We need you as well. This is one body. It doesn't matter if you're in Colorado or if you're all the way across the globe and you're still watching this video. We need you to be a part of the body of Christ. So we're glorifying Jesus here. So let's bow our heads and pray. Father, we humble ourselves before you and we believe in the word of God. We believe that it is true. We believe that it is your very power through the gospel of Christ Jesus. We receive this word for us and anybody that is hearing this word, I pray, Almighty Father, that Holy Spirit, you would be sent to them and you would manifest your gifts, you would manifest your presence so we would be revealed all things, all truth, because we cannot do it on our own. We cannot even desire on our own. It is you calling us forth. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would do a mighty thing in each person's life, in their hearts, in their minds. It says in in Scripture, do not conform to this earthly pattern, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. We ask the people in here in Spirit Prophecy Church, as well as out there, for their minds to be renewed and aligned with Holy Spirit, with the Word of God, so we can all glorify the one true King, Jesus Christ, alone. We love you. We thank you for today. We thank you you have given us another chance. We thank you for the graces and the mercies that you have created. We thank you for your promises, our yes and amen in our lives. And we cling on to that truth because there is a wicked serpent out there that's trying to steal, kill, and destroy Take away our joy, take away our family, take away health, take away all of these things. We say nay because we stand on the word of God. We believe in you. May all of these things glorify you. And may we learn to humble ourselves before you and live in your perfect presence. We love you. We thank you for today. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. So uh, if you have any questions, contact at spiritofprophecychurch.com. Uh, If you like, please like and share and subscribe for more additional content. This is how we get the word out. This is how we add additional content and subscribe for more great content. And then lastly, we would love for you to help donate as well. Uh, We have missionary teams uh, going out. Currently, they're in Honduras and they're doing a mighty thing.
We believe that, and we all need uh, a little bit of help, a little bit of financial help as well. So in order to do that, you can log on, spiritofprophecychurch.com, and then you can scroll down to the right at the Donate button, and you can also become uh, you know, a donor for Spirit of Prophecy Church as well as become a ministry member of the body of Christ. Amen? Amen. So be blessed, and thank you guys for joining us this morning. Thank you for worshiping with us. We love the Lord, and may you continue, may he continue to bless you in Jesus' name.